ministry of Nelson Ehiago. Be stirred as you listen. Respond. 
If you feel a notch to stand, stand. If you feel a notch to speak in tongues, speak. As far as it's not disorderly, it's allowed. If you feel to kneel, kneel. But you must contribute to the flow. I assure you, by the time we are done, the atmosphere will be full of glory. Full of glory. Full of glory. As is my culture, is say high five to someone beside you. Say you look good. Give them a genuine compliment. Have your seat. Hallelujah. 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 Let all the other names fade away. Till there's only you. Let all the other names fade away. Till there's only you. Let all the other names fade away. Jesus, take yours. Jesus, take yours. appreciate our host, our convener, Joseph. Help me appreciate him. Stand to your feet and appreciate him. Come on. Stand to your feet and appreciate him. Help me appreciate my friend, my brother, Paul Tomisin. Help me appreciate the man of God. Help me appreciate Tyrone Jr. And appreciate yourself for coming out. Come on. Hallelujah. his wife. Help me appreciate the woman of God. Wow. Hallelujah. Please, my bad. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, my wife is watching. Help me appreciate my wife. Thank you. Alright, please have your seat. If I can just have something soft in the background, that would be great. We're going to jump straight into it. We're looking at the cost. Hallelujah. Remember what I, the charge I just gave. Hallelujah. Alright, so we're going to jump right into it. Um, the first thing to note is this. God has determined that it's by teaching the erring believer be corrected. And God has designed that it is by teaching that the believer will be brought to maturity. Are you with me? God has designed and determined that it is by teaching the erring believer will be corrected. And it is by teaching the believer be brought to maturity. So, Paul speaking, he said, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among those which are what? Sanctified. It is the word that builds up. It is the word that cushions to an inheritance. Are you here? It is the word of God that does that. And that's exactly why in every Christian gathering, the word of God is our mainstay. The word of God is our mainstay. Every other thing builds on the word of God. The flows of the spirit, the teaching of God's word. You know, the Bible says, um, 2 Timothy 3, he said all, all, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for correction, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness. The word reproof um, is, if you check the Greek word, it is the word proof, evidence. So it is by the word of God we can show why we believe what we believe. It is by the word of God that we can show why we practice what we practice. So we don't just lay hands because we saw another preacher do it. We lay hands because we see that Moses, Joshua became wise for Moses laid his hands on him. We, we look at the word of God and play, just play, keep playing, don't worry. We look at the word of God and then we are instructed and taught by the word of God. Can I have scriptures projected or do I have to, can I have that? Just give me a sign. Okay. James chapter 1 verse 23. James chapter 1 verse 23. Okay, I'm just going to rush since we have limited time. James chapter 1 verse 23 basically tells us what a man has to do to be a doer of the word. 
James 1.23. Look at this. Let's start from verse 21. It, okay, let's start from verse 21. It's up on the screen. 21. He said, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. He said, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. Now, when we, when we read this verse of scripture, we stop here alone. Give me the next verse. Verse 23. He said, For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he's like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Uh -huh. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgeteth what manner of man he was. What this basically means is that a man who is a doer of the word is a man who remembers the word. So a man who is a forgetful hearer will not do the word. He's likened to a man who looks at the mirror, sees how he looks, and forgets how he looks. So what the word of God is saying is when a man, when a man who is born of God interacts with the word, he will do the word. When a man who is born of God engages the word, he remembers the word and acts on the word. Are you with me? So, the word of God is the mirror. It's how we are supposed to look and see what we look like. You know, teaching on Sunday and I said, revelation is seeing how God sees. And it's so important. Many times we want to see the power of God flow. But if we see how God sees, the power of God will flow um, seamlessly. Say amen. So having said that, that's exactly why I'm, we are bringing this teaching. And I want you to pay rapt attention. You will be a doer of the word and you will not be a forgetful hearer. Say amen. So, having said what I said at the beginning, in the gospel, is not just a change of heart, it's a change of perspective. In the gospel, is not just a change of heart, it's a change of perspective. Now, when the Bible says in Ezekiel 36, 26, it said that a new heart will I give to you and a new spirit will I put within you, right? A new heart will I give to you, a new spirit will I put within you. You know, he was talking about the prophes uh, prophecies, he quoted it in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10. He said, none shall tell his neighbor, thou shalt know the Lord, for all shall know the Lord. So, Ezekiel was prophesying what the man in Christ was going to have. And in Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews then tells us that this has become our lot. A new heart he has put within us. So let me explain. The Bible says in the Old Testament, we had a regulation saying, thou shall not, thou shall not, thou shall not. But in the new covenant, we have a regulator. We have the one who is at work in us, both to what? Will and to do. So he's the one who desires it and is the active force ensuring we do it. Are you with me? So, in the gospel, we see different. The man who has come to encounter Jesus, because his heart has been changed, he esteems things a little differently. There are things that the carnal man esteems highly that he esteems poorly, because he sees from God's lens. His heart has been changed. There's an active force that is at work in him that has shifted his desires to something else. His desires, like Colossians 3 tells us, has been, um, he has set his affections on the things that are above. Are you with me? Uh-huh. So, when we get saved, the natural order of things is that we begin to esteem the things that God esteems. We begin to see how God sees. And that's why teaching is necessary for spiritual growth. Because let me tell you what happens when we teach. When we teach, spiritual growth occurs. And what does that mean? Like I heard someone say, we are unlearning death and we are learning life. Are you with me? In spiritual growth, we are unlearning death and we are learning life. We are unlearning the systems of the manner of the systems of the earth in which we walked. And we are learning to walk after the new nature that we have received in God. Are you here? So before, let me give you an example. Before we got saved, right, um, 
If you see a devil, you will be scared and you will run away. But now, because in the gospel you understand that these signs shall follow them that believe. You don't have to have a color. You just have to believe. So when you realize that these signs follow them that believe, you don't wait for a professional Christian. You engage God's word. Are you here? You engage God's word. So we are unlearning. I mean, even in our conduct, before if someone offended you, it will have to take the appearance of an angel for you to forgive that person. But right now, because you have been forgiving much, you can't but forgive. So there was a manner in which we walked, but the word of God has constrained us to walk differently. So to think like heaven is to think in line with the word. When we look at the lens, when we look at the mirror, we begin to see differently. We begin to see differently. That's why Jesus, when Jesus was going to be, when Jesus multiplied bread, right? They looked at him and they said, please, I'm going somewhere. We're still talking of the cost, right? When Jesus multiplied bread, they wanted to take him and make him king. But Jesus escaped because he knew that his destiny was greater than being the king of only men. He was going to be the one that was going to have a name that is above every name. A name that every force in heaven, on earth, and under the earth recognizes. So when they wanted to make him king, he shipped. So also it's the same way that as believers, we are looking from God's lens. We have seen something different. We esteem differently. We esteem differently. So they looked at Jesus and then they loved. You see, when, when I think of Jesus that they wanted to make him king and then he ran away, I think of Spurgeon. Spurgeon thought, Charles Spurgeon, his, the sermon that made him very popular was a sermon he preached in London, right? And then um, someone walked up to him with his popularity and said, you should, be, you should run for a prime minister or something, a political office. He said, when God has called you to be a preacher, don't demean yourself to make yourself a president. So, going back to Jesus' story, the Bible says Jesus did not commit himself to them because they knew what he knew what was in men. And we hear Jesus speak like this. One thing we see is they loved his bread, but they hated his message. And that's why Jesus will say, if you don't eat my flesh or drink my blood, you have no part in me. And the Lord Jesus Christ's international ministry shrank from 5,000 members to twelve. And he looked at his disciples and said, will you go also? And they said, to whom will we go? I said that to say this. Don't love Jesus. My spiritual father put it this way. Don't love Jesus for the bread that he gives. Love him for the bread that he is. He is the bread of life. Don't love ministry and little esteem the God of ministry. Don't love miracles and little esteem the God of miracles. There are many people who hang around church and don't care about God. Anyways, I'll come to that. Say amen. Because I keep on thinking Jesus was crucified. But where were the people who days prior were throwing down their, their clothes for him to walk on it? And were saying, hail the king of the Jews. Were they part of the people that were shouting crucify him? Please, are you with me? Were they part of the people that were shouting crucify him? Matthew chapter 13, verse 44 to 46. Matthew 13, 44 to 46. Thank the rush as fast as possible so we pray. Okay, if the funds can be changed, that would be great. He says, he says, again, Jesus was teaching. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field. The which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy, and for joy thereof, goeth and selleth all that he had, and buyeth that field. Uh -huh. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, uh -huh. who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had, uh -huh, and bought it. Listen, Jesus was... 
using a parable to teach what the kingdom of God was like. He was like, it's a man who has seen a field and who has seen a price of great treasure and he, he sold all that he had for this one thing. What Jesus is basically trying to tell us here is anything we lose for the kingdom of God is not loss, it's gain. Can I say that again? Anything we lose for the kingdom of God is not loss, is gain. Is gain. Is gain. Is gain. And that's exactly what the devil tries to do. The devil cheats us because he knows that our soul is of more value than any other thing he can give. So if giving you everything means mortgaging your soul, he doesn't mind. Please, are you with me? He doesn't mind. The devil is not after your health. He's not after your finances. He's, not, he's after those things only if those things will hamper God's word in your life. Because he told Jesus, he said, bow to me and I will give you all these things. All these things. But a man who sees the word of God accurately knows that whatever he loses for the kingdom is not lost, it's gain. Is gain. Is gain. Is gain. So I want to ask a very important question, but I want to talk about someone very quickly. The Bible talks of a man who walked to Jesus. And then he said, Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he said, Obey the law, obey the prophet. He said, All this have I done from my youth. And he told him, Sell all that you have. And then he walked away sad. Now, the problem was not exactly all that he was told to do. The problem was he did not properly esteem who was speaking to him. How many of us are entrepreneurs here? Good. If Elon walks up to you and says, you know what, shut down your business and follow me. You know, you will tell him, going back to shut it down will take some time. Let me follow you from here. Because you know the net worth of your entire business is in Elon's pocket square. <laughs> uh -huh. So the man said he walked away sad, but if he had known that losing everything for Jesus was worth it, he would have gladly sold everything and followed Jesus. So the question is this, how do we esteem Jesus? Do we truly see the kingdom of God as a pearl of great price? Please, are you with me? Do we really see the kingdom of God as a pearl of great price? In Christ, we see different. And that's exactly what I was saying at the beginning. That the word of God is to put our lens properly. In Christ, we see different. And we don't see different because we are forced. We see different because in Christ, we found a surpassing delight. We found a surpassing delight. He's a treasure that is worth a thousand gold chests, even a whole lot more than that. So anything, and that's why he said, um, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? It means if you liquidate the entire wealth of the world and then you put it on a scale side by side a soul, the weight of the soul will still outweigh all the treasures of the world. So Christ has become our surpassing delight. And that's why the apostles will willingly die. And then they will speak and say, what can separate us from the love of God shall sword, shall peril, shall famine, shall tribulation. What shall separate us from the love of God? Because if we, that's why Paul will say that whether we live, to live is Christ and to die. Because if I die, I'll become with him. i be with him. So Paul was even willing to give his life for the one who died for him. So the apostles will willingly die gruesome, horrific deaths for the one who died for them. Stephen, even when he's being stoned, he will still see Jesus at the right hand of the Father. And when we say Stephen was being stoned, I promise you it wasn't pebbles. It wasn't pebbles, stones. The ones that they give you for 30 minutes, you will die. Stones. 
So I understand when Jesus is going to say, anyone who puts his hand on the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom. Because anyone who looks back has little esteem the treasure that is in front of him. He has little esteem the treasure that is in front of him. He has little esteem the treasure that is in front of him. Paul told us in the book of Romans, he tells us that there is one we will give account to at the end of our lives. He said we will give account to everything we've done in the flesh. And this is not to scare you about hell, heaven. If you are born again, you are to have an assurance of salvation. But the truth of the matter is I want to stand before God and look back and see the nations behind me. So, the conclusion of everything I said is this. The word of God set our focus. The word of God has shown us that Jesus is a treasure that is worth everything. That is worth a thousand treasure chests and even yet more. And one last point I want to raise is this. The cost of following Jesus is everything. Because everything is dung compared to him. The cost of following Jesus is everything. And everything is done. Paul said, I press towards the mark of the high calling. I consider form, I consider not the former things. I count them as dung. I say that again. The cost of following Jesus is everything. Because everything compared to him is dung. If the Lord says I should not do ministry again, this will be my last sermon. Because greater than the assignment is the one who calls me. If God doesn't answer any prayer again, we, we should still pray. I will still pray. Because beyond what prayer gives, there is such a thing as who pray. Let me put it this way. Better than what you can get from prayer is what, pray, what you can be made in the place of prayer. teaching this because let me tell you God receives a man before he receives his gifts and that's why Paul is going Paul is not just going to tell you to give he's going to tell you how to give he's not just going to tell you to give he's going to tell you how to give he will say give cheerfully God loves a cheerful giver because and that's why Isaiah is going to come before the temple of God. The, his train fills the whole temple. And I, God is going to say, you are a man of unclean. He looked at the glory and said, I'm a man of unclean lips. And that had to be corrected first. Because it's not just about the man running on the ass. It's not just about the assignment. It's about the man on the assignment. My assignment is simple. I want us to esteem Jesus properly. I want us to see him properly. To see him high and lifted is not just a song, it is true. To see him high and lifted, to see that no other thing compares when we look at Jesus. You see, I want to say this very quickly. Many of us probably go to a lot of meetings and that's okay. My issue is when you go to those meetings, engage with what you have heard. Don't be a forgetful hearer. Don't be a forgetful hearer. You must engage. You must engage. I want to bring it down practically now. Let me say something. Listen. <laughs> you can't say... You can't say, Lord, use me and not care about the... And not have a heart and a burden for the Lord that you are asking to use you. Let me break it down even further. Make it as practical as possible. I will talk on a few things. Prayer. 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 Ah, prayer. There's a verse of scripture that Hebrews 5.7 If the font can be white, that would be great. Hebrews 5.7 this is not a common text that is used in prayer. But let me show you something. Hebrews 5, 7. It's green. Okay, go ahead now. This is speaking of Jesus. He said, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and
and supplication with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard. Listen. Ah. And was heard in that he feared. Listen. When I think about it, I think of the truth that the God man prayed. Vera homo vera day. Truly God, truly man. Fully God, fully man. He prayed because men ought. Men ought. The Bible says in Genesis 6, I believe, he said, and men began to call upon the name of the Lord. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Men ought. Men ought. You see, the reason why we come into meetings, we have to steer the glory, steer the glory, steer the glory, steer it, steer it, steer it, is because between one Sunday and the next Sunday, you didn't pray in seven days. So your altar is rusty. Or if it's a monthly meeting in 30, 31 days, you didn't pray. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles, I think 7, 14 or 14, 7, he said, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Prayer is an expression of humility. Prayer is an, I've said, Lord, I can't help myself, so I'm here. You see, in my, my home country, there's a tribe called the Yoruba, right? And Paul did a cover of an old song. He says, That means the one who hears the tears in prayer have, have come. And that's why I quoted Hebrews 5. He said he cried, he prayed with strong tears. This is the God man. He prayed and he was crying. He prayed and he was crying. Prayer. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. I remember a man of God taught a sermon. He called it the battering rams of intercession. He means that there are things that you will pray, you will, like a battering ram, you will hit it. You move it back again. You hit it again. You move it back again. You hit it again. You will engage on that matter. Ah. Let me tell you something. You must be honest with yourself. If you don't pray, I dare say you don't esteem Jesus highly. Oh, yeah. You must be honest with yourself. You say, this, this, this is epileptic prayer supply. Any emergency that comes up in my life now, I'm not up to it. And then you must begin to pray. Build a prayer altar. Are you here? Uh -huh. And when I say we pray, I'm not talking about you just roll off your bed and say, Father, we just want to thank you. Thank you for today. We love and honor you. Blessed be your name, plus Jesus, minus the devil. Amen. They play. Things like that, what you do, you pace the floor. Yes. You pace the floor. The Bible says Jesus, he was led, I was reading that in Luke today on the train. He was led of the spirit into the wilderness to pray. To pray. 40 days prayer. 40 days. Where you will pace the floor, Makabaga. Thou that hearest prayer, unto you shall all flesh come. Mumbra Gadina, Zekia, Parek, Kaganagia, Zakadani, Parenda Katu, Baraka, Ale, Susariande Kai. You pray. You pray, you pray, you pray. And I'm not just talking of when you have special prayers. I think the Amplified um, speaks of uh, um, a verse on prayer. He said, pray all kinds of prayers. All kinds. All kinds of prayers. There are things in your life that will not shift if you don't pray. You are struggling with pornography, pray. You are struggling with masturbation. Pray. There's a way you will pray. It will begin to irritate you. You will pray it out of your system. Of course, times will come. You will need discipline. You will need accountability. But it does not change the fact that there is a working of the spirit. Do you know something? I read a verse of scripture that said, 
the Bible talks of the, the fruit of the Spirit. What that basically means, what that basically means is that by, <laughs> by natural inclinations and hard work and discipline, a man can be faithful. A man can be um, kind. But it doesn't change the fact that there is a fruit of the Spirit called faithfulness. There's a, what that, let me tell you. I can come down, right? Fruit of the Spirit, huh? Is the same word as gifts of the Spirit, but in another context. It means it, they are the outworkings of the same indwelling Spirit. Uh, are you here? The outworkings of the same indwelling Spirit. So, when you, when you manifest the fruit of the Spirit, it means that the same way, let me explain it negatively. The way a man can be attached, you know, I was telling um, Joseph when we were coming off, I remember one time, I casted out the devil from a 19-year-old person, year old girl, casted out the devil from her, she went back to the hospital, fibroid was gone. Now, she didn't have fibroid, she had the spirit of infirmity. Are you with me? So, when that devil attaches itself, you carry its identity. Uh. So, the Holy Ghost, you have the Spirit of God. When you pray, the Bible says they prayed and they were filled with the Spirit. The word filled is pletho. It means that they stirred up an influence. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. There was an influence that is that when you pray, you are stirring up an influence. In the Old Testament, the Holy Ghost used to steer, steer men from the outside in. In the New Covenant, you have the Holy Ghost. So what Paul now says is being filled with the Spirit. You are the one that is to stare yourself. How? Speaking to yourselves in Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. And the Bible also tells us in Acts that they, as they prayed, they, they were filled with the Spirit. Acts 2, they were filled. Acts 4, they were filled. What does that mean? An influence from within stare rose up from within them. So when you, you, you can spend time praying and habits will die on your life. Say amen. So, uh, conduct. These, these are things, I mean conduct, prayer, conduct. As you begin to spend time with the Lord, bad things in your conduct, they will begin to fizzle away. They will begin to fizzle away. And I want to talk about this very quickly as the Lord laid on my heart. Let me tell you, giving, you can't walk away from it. I'm just going to say this and I'm not going to stay long on it because I have a few other things to do then we pray. Are you, you are aware that when we leave this earth, right, there is, when we leave this earth, there is, we're not going out with any other thing but men. Because when you stand before God, Paul will now say things like, you are my joy and my rejoicing. I want to plead with you. Make sure you connect a part of your finances to a move of God. Make sure you do that. It is a cost. <laughs> Prayer is one. Consecration in conduct is one. It must be done. There is no way you can walk around it. It must be done. If he is not Lord of all, he is not Lord at all. And I want to land on this. Listen. I want to sell a vision to you. I'm sure as, you know, Joseph has been doing, the evangelist has been doing, I want to sell a vision to you. God shook territories by men. Are you with me? God shook territories by men. He can do it in our day. He can do it in our day. Because the God of... Is it 1960? 1930. I knew I was missing mistake. He's still God today. And when we're saying 1930, because there's a man of God that the Lord used to seize Western Nigeria. 
His name is Apostle Joseph Ayodele Babalola. This is a man of God that walked in strange. See, when I say strange, <laughs> when I say strange, I mean strange miracles. I remember he, he went to a, a city and he told the king, I want land to build church. And the king was reluctant but couldn't say no to Babalola. So he gave him an evil forest. You know, where they did sacrifices and whatnot. And um, now I'm not talking of cute demons. I mean real ones, right? You know, and then he, they, they, they threw him, they gave him that land. And he went there, he gave thanks. He rang his bell. Sorry, I'll speak a little. He said, Loru called Jesus. He rang it. And they heard the footsteps of a thousand men running away. Dead raised. Mad corrected. Western Nigeria. Christ Apostolic Church. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Till today. So the, what I'm about to say means the God of Babalola. Right. Till today, when CS is praying, they'll say, Oh Lord, Babalola. And I don't blame them because when you read about this man, you say, Is it the same salvation we have? Is it not the same Holy Ghost? <laughs> I'm telling you this so that you can press for more in your work with God. Press for more. We can take the UK if everybody is involved. Oh, yes. We can take the UK if everybody is involved. First of all, we will pray. We will pray. I don't just mean corporately and when we come to meetings, individually, everybody will catch a body. You will begin to speak over that city. You must open to the gospel. Because Paul basically told us that there is a spiritual force that blinds men called the God of this world. Lest they see the glorious light of Jesus Christ which is in the gospel. So they are blinded. They are not blind. They are what? Blinded. So we we'll pray. We we'll pray. When I read of, I remember one time I was in the uni, university, or my undergrad, and I walked into, um, I walked into the library, and I picked a book. Uh, there was a there's a part of the library that had spiritual stuff. So I picked I picked this book. Um, it was about some certain men, and I started reading. I said, God, it's good to open your mind to these possibilities. I said, God, move in our day. You know, I remember we we're praying in Birmingham, praying. We had a prayer stretch, and the Lord gave an utterance. I said, The God who raised men is still raising men. The one who used men is still using men. Is still using men. Wonders have not passed. They are in our today. We can still take territories and win men for the Lord. As far as Jesus hasn't come, the nations are takeable. Oh yes. And when I say if everybody contributes, what I mean is if everybody contributes in your sphere of contact, in your sphere of influence, if everybody, you take members of your family, you take cosmates, you take colleagues at work, you pick up these people one by one. You begin to pray for them. One by one. And of course at work you'll be wise. You won't preach at work, right? Don't get fired. You, you probably take them out after work or some other time and engage them in a conversation. And then, you, you don't go to church. Why don't you come to me? Come with me. It's going to be an amazing. They come, the power of God will hit them. If we all engage, the body is nourished by that which every joint supplies. If everybody is waiting for every other person to play their part, every other, the body will suffer for it. God's cause will... Hey, hear my voice. The UK is takeable. Oh, yes. It's takeable. It's takeable. It's takeable. And maybe, and you know, that's why um, if you hear, you know, men of God from the western part of my country pray, they say, oh, this means the God of 1930. Allah, 1930. Right? Because that was when the move of God with CAC. And it was not just one man. It was not just Apostle Baba Lola. There were many other people that rose from him. There's another, the latest prophet that was directly in contact with him just passed last week or two weeks ago about Lowere two weeks ago, the man at 100 still used to pray like this. <laughs> hey God, 
I see, and somebody is 26 saying, I can pray one hour. You know, if I talk to the Lord, he only hears me. No problem. Pastor Inok at Dejari at Deboye at Baba is 83 or so. Four hours. Four hours. I would say we want to move the hand of God. No problem. There's another man of God I'm looking at. His name is you. Of course, everybody will know this man of God. You should know him. If you don't know him, go and read your revival history again. Archbishop Benson Alfred Idahosa. Such a phenomenal man of God. I heard some stories. Um, there, was, there was someone who was on his staff when he was younger. And the guy was sharing some stories. 18 minutes long story. He said Benin was a haven for the devil before Archbishop came in. It was a haven for the devil. And then he came in. They said, <laughs> when I say, do you, do you know what is called black magic? Eh? <laughs> I'm not talking of, oh God. I'm not talking of devils that are walking on the streets of Birmingham. Not those ones. Proper evil spirits. <laughs> Like you're walking on the road, you see them in front of you. And then you look again, they're gone. People that stayed in Benin had stories. They had stories. They had stories. And personally, I, when I read those things, I'm like, ah, Father, you can move in our day here. Single-handedly, because of Archbishop, I'm sure the population of Christians in Nigeria rose. Rose. The person said, whenever you saw Archbishop in a mood, you don't touch him. <laughs> because even the policemen that will be, once you touch him, they carry you into the car. And you wake up halfway into the journey. You are knocked down by the power of God. In fact, his PA said that when you see him in a certain mood, you don't pick his Bible. They may pick you. He said he was in a, in a meeting where, you know, he was teaching for a man of God. And then as he was teaching, um, the, the, a woman, you know, a devil began to speak out through a woman and he was just teaching and she was stopping. He said, he said, quiet, stand still. And he kept on preaching. He kept on preaching and then when he was done, he looked at her and said, in the name, he did his hand like this. Come out. She followed the direction of his hand. <laughs> yeah. In fact, the, the person that was sharing this story, he said, in the middle of the road, this one, he said this story is in none of his books. In the middle of the road, a car had knocked down a man. An archbishop was there and he, 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 came, he stopped them in the middle of the road and came down and said, what happened to him? He said that a car knocked him down and, you know, hit and run. And then he laid hands on the man, prayed, the man came back to life. He entered his car, kept on going. It's normal, a miracle, archbishop. The guy shared the story of a man who he, you know, he was about, he was to have a crusade in the eastern part of Nigeria. And then he was driving. And then while he was driving, he, um, he's, he, they were driving him to the hotel. He said, I want to see the venue first. And he went to the venue and then he came down. So when he got to the field, you know, some people were doing uh, athletics and whatnot. They were training for whatnot on the field. And then as Archbishop's leg touched the ground, evil spirits began to manifest. It was not the crusade time. I said, what a man. So, when I hear stories of how, because of Yongicho, the population of Christians in South Korea increased single-handedly. Uh -uh. Flesh and blood. That's why the Bible says, Elijah was a man of like passions as you are. And I'm not saying these things so that you can have a carnal passion for ministry, for miracles. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying carry the Lord's body. Please, are you with me? Carry the Lord's body. Carry the Lord's body. Lord, what do you want to do with my life? Your plans are more than my plans. Your will is more. What do you want to do with my life? How do you want me to contribute in the move of God in my day? There's a song the Lord gave me. What you want is what I want. Lord, your will is my will. You are Jesus. 
Oh, you bought me with a price. What you want is what I want. Lord, your will is my will. You are Jesus. Oh, you bought me with a price. What you want is what I want. Lord, your will is my will. You are Jesus. Oh, you bought me with a price. I remember I was praying one day and then that song came in my spirit. And it was a song of consecration. I said, Father, all plans for my life cease at your voice. If you say stop, I halt. Turn back, I turn back. If you say jump, even when I don't see the next step, I will jump. I will ask questions on the way. What you want is what I want. Lord, your will is my will. You are Jesus. Oh, you bought me with a price. What you want is what I want. Lord, your will is my will. You are Jesus. Oh, you bought me with a price. What you want is what I want. Let me hear you sing. Lord, your will is my will. You are Jesus. Oh, you bought me. I trust you were blessed by the teaching of God's word. Nelson Mihalwan Ministries is a mandate that seeks to see men saved, trained, and sent. For more ministry content, visit us at t.me forward slash Nelson Mihalwan. And for contact details, follow on Instagram at Nelson Mihalwan. God bless you.